Hello everyone and welcome to Brighter Business, the Oakland podcast. This is the podcast where we chat to interesting people about the big changes that are shaping organisations and industries today. I'm Ben Parsons, an associate partner here at Oakland, and today we're going to be talking about how B2B businesses are having to radically rethink what it means to be customer centric. It is no secret that we have all become accustomed to some stunning consumer experiences, courtesy of many of the big tech giants and online retailers. But I think it's fair to say that the world of business to business transactions has generally not kept pace. And for those B2B businesses, the need to meet rising customer expectations is becoming ever more critical. This is particularly true in the aviation sector, which has faced perhaps its most challenging year ever. And to bring to life this challenge, I'm delighted today to be joined by two guests, Ishmael Risa Zachary, Managing Director of the Pratt & Whitney Customer Service Centre for Europe, and Katie Kelly, an Oakland consultant specialising in customer experience and change management. Katie, Ishmael, it's great to have you and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Ben. Good to be here. Hi, both. And hello to everyone that's listening too. To kick us off, Ishmael, um, and before we get started, for those that perhaps aren't familiar with the aviation sector, could you give us a brief overview of Pratt & Whitney and where the Customer Service Centre fits in? Absolutely. Thank you, Ben. So Pratt & Whitney is a leading aerospace manufacturer focusing primarily on aerospace engines and aircraft engines, turbines, and the key markets that Pratt & Whitney serves are military in some of the instances, uh, Pratt & Whitney Canada, which has uh, many different customer segments and missions going from emergency medical services, including business aviation, all the way down to general aviation. And Pratt & Whitney Canada Customer Service Europe, our mandate is to support uh, for uh, with aftermarket services uh, all Pratt & Whitney Canada customers for Europe, Africa, and Middle East. We've got about 15,000 engines around those three continents. And our mission is to make sure that customers get the best support when it comes down to making sure that their engines are operating at the optimum operating parameters. Yeah, not, not an easy job with uh, such a, I guess, a high value and, uh, and such a high safety requirement for a product like an aircraft engine. Absolutely. And, and thanks, Ishmael. And we'll, we'll come on to a little bit more about your because that's what we're here to talk about, of course. Just before we do, um, Katie, we mentioned at the start that customer expectations are rising in, in all B2B industries. Could you just bring that to life a little bit? I mean, what are we seeing out there in, in the industry? Yes, um, and just to kind of backtrack, my two specialist fields around change management and customer experience are really closely intertwined and something that organisations are putting a lot of focus on. And this is because of, um, as you mentioned, the rising customer expectations, something all three of us to hear here today and everyone listening on this podcast can resonate with because we're all customers, whether it's at work or at play. Um, so everybody will recognise kind of why our expectations are increasing and why we're becoming increasingly high maintenance, I guess. Um, there are a whole host of reasons why our expectations are increasing. Um, first of all, instant gratification. So as customers, we expect our experiences to happen fast. Um, be available at the click of thing, finger and also be available 24-7 and that applies whether you don't want to wait longer than three minutes for your Uber after you've ordered it or in Ishmael's industry 
Um, you don't want to wait more than a couple of weeks to have your engine for your private jet returned so you can jet off on holiday to some exotic location. So instant gratification, I think, definitely drives that. And kind of linked to this is the amount of choice available to us at the touch of a button. Clearly, we're increasingly an online world and we can compare and contrast many different suppliers for anything we would like um, and shop around and make sure that we get the best deal. And if we don't get an instant answer, um, we'll move on to the next Google search. So they're, they're two of the main reasons and there's a whole host of other reasons that I'm sure we've come across as part of the podcast today, but social media empowering customers is one of them, people wanting personalised experiences and also expecting seamless omni-channel experiences as well will contribute to our rising expectations. Thanks, Katie. And, and yeah, I can imagine how, you know, if you're used to ordering a toothbrush with a, a single click on Amazon, you wonder why your very expensive aircraft engine doesn't give you the same ability to track its every step until it, you know, rise where it needs to be. And Ishmael, like, you probably can't get away with describing your customers as high maintenance like we can. Um, but but uh, clearly you have a vast range of different customers. How do you manage that complexity? I mean, there must be a real variety of the different customers you have out there um, that are using your engines. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Prime Whitney has produced, Prime Whitney Canada has produced 105,000 um, engines and more than 65,000 are still flying today. And we're talking wow. about billions of hours of flying uh, so far. And like I was saying earlier, you know, with, with key markets going from regional aviation to business aviation, helicopters, general aviation as well, um, as you said, we, we've seen a rise in expectations, but not at the same speed, depending on the markets you're, you're talking about. You know, some That's customers, um, as, as Katie was mentioning, um, owners of uh, very expensive private jets will have or will want to have a certain level of service um, that not necessarily some of the um, general aviation cargo utility operators uh, will be looking for. Doesn't mean that they would have lower expectation, they're just different. And I think the, the, the variety of our portfolio, it, it, it's really what makes it interesting is that we have to really tune the service level to the expectations of those customers which are all raising different dimensions. So this multi-dimension approach is really what um, Pride and Whitney stands for. You know, and I just want to remind everybody that, you know, although Everybody thinks of you know major gas turbine agents to be the big liners that we we see every day. Um, a lot of customers are operating smaller aircraft, and in the case of Pratt Canada, uh, the majority of our customers are um, having one to two airplanes. So although um, we would be considered business to business, uh, the general aviation segment of our business is is getting closer and closer to business to consumer because you would have Owner pilots who would like to engage in the community and would like to operate and would like to communicate with our organization more as a business to consumer type of uh, relationship. So That's we really, really have to find the right balance when it comes down to uh, designing the service, the service offering uh, to meet the expectation of those, uh, those demanding customers, as you pointed out. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I never thought of uh, someone who buys an aircraft engine as a bit like a consumer, but it, it's so true when you, if you've only got, you know, such a small number of engines, that's really interesting. 
and and, and you I know mean, Ben, just... I would just I would just interject there and say you know we have um, one one particular engine model represent almost half of our production PT6A engine, which is which is legendary has been uh, the, the the key engine that has reshaped or defined the general aviation market, and a lot of the customers that we have in that market segment, yes, they do fly a plane, but they love the engine and they would like to interact uh, with with us at the engine level. And um, and when you say consumer, they they see this as a as a component of its, of, it, of its own, and they they want to make sure that they engage with with us from a customer to uh, business point of view yeah so we've so we've got high maintenance engine nerds i like it this is uh... a <laughs> i would say that the, the key or the magic ingredient here is to make sure that you really map out all these different customer journeys and that we and you optimize those journeys along the way and, and Ishmael, just to I'll chip in there some of the work that we did with you around kind of the customer playbook and implementing some simple kind of documentation and conversation guidance to help everyone in the contact center to customer service center to manage expectations was extremely important wasn't it just because of that complex process and often lengthy process and you've got lots of impatient owners of engines that want them back as soon as possible having that kind of simple to explain um, version of that journey um, explained by one person where possible um, was really, really important, I think, and hopefully supported you um, in talking to your customers as well. No, for sure. And, and the perspective um, your team and, and Oakland brought us when we were really trying to optimize this, uh, this customer journey um, element is, is this knowledge of, B2C, um, which is in nature transactional and high volume. Um, in our case, it's, I would say, lower volume, but high complexity of events. But when you take the interactions with the customers, they're actually high volume. So how do you extract the knowledge that you get from you know, the B2C um, sector where there's quite a lot of transactions happening and you, know, you build best practices around you know, really understanding what the customers are looking for or are the customer promoting your your brand or your services and how do you infuse that back into a more business-to-business relationship. And I think that's that's where we, um, you know, together we, we spend a lot of time working with our different various teams to, to really understand how to take advantage of, of all of the, the industry knowledge that was, was, was generated on a B2C to make sure that, you know, we maintain and we, we overpass the customer's expectations when it comes down to customer support. Sure, really interesting. And I think like many B2B industries, of course, we're in consulting, we're a B2B industry at the end of the day as well. This year hasn't been an easy one, I think it's fair to say. Um, And it's been particularly hard. I think everybody will know it's been particularly hard for the aviation sector. If you've how have you managed that, Ishmael? Because uh, particularly, I'm thinking of sales teams, for example, or account management. I mean, that that traditionally is a very face-to-face, in-person experience, um, which B2B businesses are often very good at. Uh, but it's become incredibly difficult, I think, this year as a result of uh, COVID-19 and all the, the restrictions that have been in place around the world. That, that can't have made life any easier for you, I shouldn't think. Indeed, incredible year this year. I mean, uh, we've we've learned so much uh, through this. Uh, unprecedented times and as you pointed out aviation was was uh, severely affected uh, in all different facets 
Um, I would say that the, var the variety of, of Pratt & Whitney Canada's portfolio has really helped here. Because uh, as we were mentioning, um, you know, when we saw regional aviation being impacted because, you know, lockdowns and, and restrictions in, in flying across borders, we've seen a certain pickup in other parts of the business. So, you know, some, some of the charter business for the private aviation have, have seen some, some increases. We've seen a pickup in, in humanitarian activity, moving people and, and PPE and, and face masks and, and so on and so forth in different areas uh, of the world. On top of that, we've, we've also seen an increase in uh, emergency medical services with some of our helicopters, uh, especially in, in, in Germany, um, working very hard to move patients from one area that was overloaded in terms of COVID patients versus other areas in Europe. So it was, it was beautiful to see all this uh, cross-border cooperation uh, and seeing our products really bringing relief and you know, serving the the fight against COVID, uh, but as you pointed out, it's been it's been quite a challenge for um, meeting customers and and interacting. You know, in in our industry, like many others, uh, a lot of relationship building happens at you know trade shows and and fairs, and and a lot of them were canceled this year. And but yes, being able to go around and and sell services has uh, has been harder, nonetheless. Uh, our people showed incredible creativity when it comes down to keeping contact and relationships with our customers. So, although I would say there's certain markets where the synchronization of processes between us and the customers is more advanced than others, uh, I, I wouldn't say that they're not having a increasing expectations when it comes down to customer service and service level. So, Ishmael, we understand that expectations are rising, but how do you take a large traditional engine manufacturer like yourselves and get everybody to adopt that truly customer-centric mindset? Yes, uh, I, I would say, Ben, it, it starts with really putting the objective on the table and, and making sure that, you know, we, we're clear with everybody around uh, in the organization on what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, and then basically it's all, it all found, boils down to execution. And um, the, the the journey we took uh, about a year or so ago was to say, okay, how do we make sure that, you know, we're already one of the leading um, aircraft engine manufacturer and we've, we've got good reviews in our service level, but how do we take it to the next level and how do we make sure that we, we design processes and we design approaches um, for being more, even more customer centric. And, and that, that goes from, you know, taking information from what's what's happening in the industry uh, in B2C, but also speaking to the customers because in the end they're the ones that we're we're serving. So always listening to the customer, and then smash that against our preconceived ideas internally, and and keep an open mind into uh, making the strategic change and the evolution. So, and and basically that has been the approach we took, and and we've seen the the. The results in, in 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 our standing in some of the the leading uh, polls when it comes down to customer service uh, in the industry, and um, basically our plan is to keep improving our services and our service level. Mm. 
I think that's an interesting point you make when you talk about the employee as well and their part to play. Clearly, they're the ones that make a customer-centric experience. But at Pratt & Whitney as well, we focused on kind of celebrating customer-centric behaviours and gathering lots of data from the employees about how well we thought we were operating in a customer-centric world. And I think it's, it's it's just really important to not forget that you can't have a good customer experience if you don't have a good employee experience and how closely the two are intertwined. And I know that you've, you've done made a lot of headway with celebrating customer-centric behaviours and instilling these in things like your dependable commitments um, and making sure they're at the forefront of measuring customer-centric behaviour as well. So I think that's a, a really important point to look internally first yeah and, and you 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 mentioned it then our, our our people are serving our customers every day and um many cases they know what works and what doesn't really work they know what they need to do a better job at serving the customer so it's crucial to listen to what the people have to say in terms of what are the key elements that we need to turn um, to give them the, the right tools and the right systems and the, the right mindset and the right behaviors that are going to help um, really giving the, the exceptional customer service we're looking for. Yeah, it's important. You need to treat it as any other transformation, making sure as you use the word mission, that customer-centric vision is set up front and flows through in everything in the organization. Really important. Yeah, and I think it was Jeff, Jeff Bezos who said you get to start from the customer and work backwards. and mm. and and. You know, it's valid for B2B as well. It's valid for aerospace. It's valid for very, um, I would say, advanced engineering components. And and if you always keep the customer in mind, uh, it's very difficult to not get the service right. And, and, you know, there's always room for improvement. I think it's important that we always recognize that. And, um, you know, always pushing for perfection and making sure that, you know, the uh, you keep listening to the market and keep listening to the to the people and 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 that that balance is is what gives you the uh, the elements that we need to implement to keep improving the service i think that's really interesting about the ongoing nature of it because as with any transformation i'm sure it doesn't happen overnight it's uh, it's a long term project that perhaps never ends um with, with with something of this nature you have to continually find ways to keep it fresh and and you know, reinforce it internally and externally it must be uh, something you have, just have to keep working at. Yeah, and you have to keep reinventing yourself, uh, keeping keeping your core values in, and making sure that, um, as I was saying earlier, you you keep listening to the market. And I think that's very very important. And and having a a growth mindset and a transformational mindset in the organization really really helps mm. because um, you're not you're not putting set of rigid uh, set of of processes that would not allow you for adapting the service to the customer and you know as i was saying earlier every customer has a history behind every customer has a has a i would say specific expectations so we really need to make sure that we we give a personalized and a customized journey for the customer and and there's elements that can be i would say generalized of course but you know where we're trying to get to and as i was saying earlier over 85% of our customers have one to two airplanes and requires some serious level of customization to make sure that those customers are happy. Yeah. And, and I'm interested to know where you guys see this going because 
this year has made things very hard to predict. There's no doubt about that. And we talked about logistics here in the UK. We've got Brexit to contend with as well. There's a lot of uncertainty in the future. Clearly, I think this is a trend that will continue, though. What do you see to both of you, really, Katie and Ishmael? What do you see as, uh, you know, the future of this space for, for customer experience in this B2B world? Should I go with now? Or do go for it. What I find really interesting is how you flip it on your on its head. And clearly it's very important to look at it through the customer lens. And most people think about B2C when they think of that customer, but how internally we're going to transform as buyers, so kind of procurement and commercial departments, how they're going to transform. And I think that you're going to see a rapid change, especially if you look at kind of the generation of people coming into organisations that are used to having instant gratification, having a lot of choice. We've all read lots of things and watched lots of things about how the world of work is changing because of the way millennials operate and Gen Z, exactly etc but procurement departments particularly are going to have to transform a lot to make sure that that's accommodated and i'm sure there's a whole host of things that we could see happening in those areas for those buyers particularly but things around kind of more flexible contracts so often organizations get locked into buying from suppliers as customers themselves for years and years and years in contracts that they're not happy with that are really onerous and kind of paperwork driven i think that they're going to become a lot more flexible got a lot more choice and the suppliers and need to be on their toes a bit more because because of that flexibility they're not guaranteed the customers and also kind of linked into flexible working which we clearly have seen a massive rise of this year in particular organizations so businesses as customers are going to be working more flexibly so they're going to be doing things 24 7 you can probably there's some kind of cartoon that you could probably see someone at midnight on their ipad in a bar ordering the stationery for the office <laughs> but people have to react to that they need to be available too so nine to five doesn't exist anymore and people won't wait around to be kind of served and and who knows the kind of extreme of it we might have alexas in our office and we'll be ordering an oakland consultant over that or an or a new <laughs> airplane who knows where the future will lead us Alexa, fix my engine. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new skill for you, Ishmael. You should you know, get that one developed. You know, uh, complexity is, is is what we're we're used to in in aviation and aerospace in general. You know, it's all about defining the elements and, and and getting getting the lift right. So, as you mentioned, there is um, there's quite a, a lot of things that happened recently, um, but those those I would say adverse shocks we've we've seen since the beginning of, of, of our company almost 100 years ago, you know, between wars and, and, and changes, globalization. And, and basically, you know, I think we've been able to re- keep reinventing ourselves and making sure that we, uh, we align the, to, the, to the market. And, you know, one of our latest products is, is called the PT6E. Is, an, is, an, is basically a connected engine. And you know you were talking about iPads and and being able to see what's happening today. We're able to receive, you know, in cases of fault codes um, directly um, on on the iPad of the maintenance team or our maintenance team. What's happening in the engine? So when the aircraft lands, even before the 
the pilot or the passengers have noticed anything, we're able to make sure that, you know, parts are on the way or troubleshooting is, is started so that you minimize AOG. So I would say connectivity is something that is clearly going to help us get, a, get ahead of solving customer issues and make sure that, you know, we, we maintain the service level as much as possible and, and you know, quality is, is something that is, is, is crucial and, and the way for us to make the engine even better is to make the engine connected. And, and, and once you start connecting, then you open a whole new world of possibility. That's so interesting. And, and uh, in fact, in our previous episode of this podcast, we were talking about the automotive industry and connected cars and the data you can get from vehicles. And I imagine aircraft take this to a whole new level. The amount of data you could you can get, I imagine, uh, would be extraordinary. Uh, you could do so much with that, I think. Um, it, it, presumably, it's not just about, is it broken? Does it need service? But how close is it to the needing that service? Can you, uh, you know, predict when that's going to happen with more accuracy, all of that, I imagine, could have a huge impact on your ability to save customers time, of course, save save time where where, where planes aren't flying. When we're talking about, uh, it's really, how do you use all of that data with, you know, artificial intelligence and, and, and algorithms to really predict what's going to happen to the engine in five, 10 years if the operations continue the way they are. That way, you can really help the customer save costs, um, reduce fuel burn, and and now we're talking about converting that data into into connected knowledge, and, and that's really where um, it becomes powerful, and 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 really I think we're best placed in in aviation and in the industry to make sure that we can harvest all of of, of the data generated by the engines to make sure that we. Uh, we ensure the customer can take full advantage of their product. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Katie Ishmael, thank you ever so much for coming today to talk about this. It's been such an interesting topic. I've really enjoyed talking about it. Ishmael, all the best with uh, your ongoing transformation uh, of customer centricity. And I really hope that the aviation sector um, has a good year next year. I think it's uh, it will be thoroughly deserved. Uh, but thank you very much both of you for coming it's been a real pleasure thank you Ben really enjoyed it thank you Ben it was a pleasure working with you and um, Katie thanks for your team for helping us getting that, that customer centricity